Welcome to all of you at all of our churches today. Hey, so good to have you as we're in our last week of our series entitled, This Is My Church. Now, before we get into today's talk and a conversation, um, I don't want you to forget this evening, 5.30, we have our evening of vision. All of our campuses are going to come together for a time of worship, singing, communion, and we're going to be some, sharing some updates for this year. And I promise you, you don't want to miss it because we've invited all of our vocals from all of our campuses. I'm, I know some of them had to decline, but um, man, we invite all of our vocals. They're going to lead us in a time of worship this evening, and you're not going to miss the celebration that I think you're going to experience as we look back on what God did in 2021, and then we look forward to what we believe God is going to do in 2022. So 5.30 this evening, all of our campuses coming together on our Mariana campus. Now, if you got your talk notes or your apps, you're probably going to want to take a few notes today as we finish up our conversation. This is my church, but if you haven't been with us during the series, we've been talking about some of the habits that help us move from the mindset of this is the church that I enjoy to the mindset of being fully engaged in the body of Christ as Jesus commanded us and commissioned each one of us to do. So what we've been doing is we've been talking about what does it mean to move from being a spectator to a contributor in the body of Christ in order to help fulfill the mission that God has given us a church or given the church, including our local church, to fulfill. And we've been very practical in this season, if you remember, because each week what we've been doing is we've been inviting you to take a step that not only help you become intentional about your part in the body of Christ, but we really believe it will make a really big difference in your faith and in your relationship with God. So for the past three weeks, we've talked about your part as part of the body of Christ and why it was important for you to invite a friend. This is our whole evangelism strategy that we talked about and why it was important for you to serve on a team. That's the whole part of together we make up the body of Christ. And if one of you that has been gifted to serve in our church and all of us have through the power of the Holy Spirit, if we don't do our part, then the body of Christ, it limps and it doesn't fulfill its capacity in this world. So we talked about the importance of that. And then last week, why we talked about why it was important for you to join a group, why it was important for you to experience that place of care and coaching and connection that are so vital for you and for other people in their relationship with Jesus Christ. Now today, we're going to talk about why it's so important for you as part of the body of Christ, as a follower of Jesus Christ, to fund the mission. Now I just got everybody's attention when we put this one up here, right? So what I want to do is I just want to make a couple of things clear before we jump into this conversation today, because this is going to be more of a conversation than a message. One thing that needs to be clear is this. It's going to be a very different kind of message conversation than anything I've ever done before. So I just ask you to please listen with an open ear until the very end. In the 28 years of being a pastor, this is a very different kind of conversation. And two... I'm only going to use one verse of Scripture today. Now, even though there are a lot of different passages that I could have used from Scripture, I chose not to, and here's why. Because while Jesus gives us many reasons why he instructs us to be generous, and he inspired the apostles to write many scriptures about why we should be generous. I didn't want you to leave today feeling like somehow I use scripture to guilt you or leverage you. You've experienced that way too much if you had a church background, and God never meant his word to be something to beat you up. He meant it was something to grow us up and help us experience his love and grace. So I, I just want you to understand why we're only using one scripture today. 
But let me tell you, as, as it was beginning the conversation, some of you are going, well, okay, what does this mean for me? Uh, well, let me tell you who, first of all, this message isn't for. First of all, this message isn't for you if this is not your church. Hey, we are glad you're with us at any of our churches. We are so glad um, that you're a guest with us, and I really hope you enjoy this conversation, and I pray that you have found your experience with us so helpful that you maybe want to even come back and you've enjoyed it enough. But here's the thing. You can sit back today, and you can relax, and you should not walk out of here feeling any kind of guilt, and you should not feel any kind of shame. Now, what we may say may challenge you from Scripture, and that's okay, because we want the Word of God to always challenge us to take a next step in our relationship with God. So the first reason is today's message isn't for you if it's not your church. The second thing is today's message isn't for you if you're newer to this church. And by that, we mean that you've only attended a handful of times, maybe this is your first or second time being here. So this isn't for you yet. But if you choose to make this your church, then this conversation possibly will be for you. So maybe you want to listen and pay careful attention and maybe consider what a next step that you might want to take, even if this never becomes your church, but you become part of another church to help you grow in your faith. And then thirdly, Today's message for isn't for you if you're not a follower of Jesus. And if you're with us today on one of our, our campuses, and man, we are so glad that you're here. In fact, we created this place to include you. And the reason I'm willing to talk about a subject this sensitive is because of how much we care about you. We absolutely do. And so some of you are sitting there going, well, who is today's message for if it's not for this group of people? Here's who today's message is for. This is for the group of people who say, this is my church. I love this church, but don't have, and here's the key word, but don't have a plan to financially support the church that you say you love. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't ever give anything. You you may drop a few bucks in the giving boxes as you leave from time to time, or you may give online from time to time when you can. And in fact, you may even be a person who gets really excited about our end of the year for giving that we do when we do our for campaign and we give money back to different causes in our community to help other nonprofits and other organizations in our community that makes our communities better. But if I sat down with you at lunch and I ask you, what is your financial plan to support the church that you say that you love? You, you wouldn't know what to say because you don't have a plan. In other words, you haven't sat down and you haven't decided on a percentage of your income that you're going to consistently give here every time you get paid to help fund what God has called us to do as a church. I mean, maybe, as I said, you give sometimes, but it's not intentional generosity. Like, you have no plan. Now, some of you might be sitting there thinking like, where do you even come up with this idea from scripture that we should have a plan to help fund the mission of a church? And if you're visiting us from another church out of town, this might even be helpful for you as you consider your part in the body of Christ that you're engaged in. So where do you get that? Well, the apostle Paul, he says it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. He says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, you go, well, how does that apply to me? Well, this phrase right here, each of you, it is referring to each of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ. So if you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, this passage applies to you. And then he says, 
if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, he says, then you should decide in your heart what you're going to give, or you should give what you've decided in your heart. Literally, you should have a plan for how you give. And then finally, he says, for God loves, and this is why you should do it, because God loves a cheerful giver. Now, you say, what's a cheerful giver? Well, a cheerful giver is someone who's grateful for how God has blessed them. They're grateful for what God has done in their life. They're grateful for the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross to pay the price for their sin. And they're very grateful that through the resurrection of Jesus, he empowered each of us with spiritual gifts so that together we can be the body of Christ in the world. So they have decided, not reluctantly or under compulsion, but out of gratitude to be a person who has a plan to give. And here's what I go ahead and tell you. And this is why it says, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves it when you have a plan to use the resources that he's given you to manage. And don't miss that. The resources that you have, they're God's. He's just allowed you, he's loaned them to you to manage for him. And he says he loves it when you use them to point people to Jesus. So today what I want to do is I really probably want to just talk to you more as a friend than as a pastor. And this may be a little tense conversation at times and maybe a little uncomfortable, but that just kind of means I got your undivided attention, right? Um, so maybe that it may be intense and uncomfortable at times, but I, I pray that it will feel very personal and you understand my love and care that I have for you um, as a pastor that gets to walk with you in your spiritual journey. But I want you to understand my heart. Um, it's not to try to get you to give out of guilt or reluctantly or out of compulsion. And at the end of this conversation today, there's no offering I mean, there's like not going to be this big ask for some kind of offering or giving, so you can just relax on that. And um, like I said, I'm not, I'm not interested in trying to manipulate you or leverage you in any kind of way, because that would be totally against what God told us in Scripture. But I just do want to ask a couple of questions and, and get you thinking about why, as a Christ follower, you don't have a plan to financially support the church that you say that you love. So let me just kind of start here. First of all, let me just say, you are an incredible church. You're absolutely amazing church. All of you at all of our campuses, you're absolutely amazing. And here's why I say that. When we evaluate our church at every level, you as a church are always above average of other churches in how you serve and how you invite your friends. In fact, I have pastors all the time asking me, how do you guys get so many first-time guests to come to your church? Like, how do, you, how do you do that? And then you're absolutely incredible in the way that you care for and you love one another. You are extraordinary with the first three things that we put up here about inviting and serving and connecting with each other in a small group and coaching and caring and for each other in groups, that kind of thing. You're absolutely extraordinary with that. But when it comes to consistent generosity, as a church, we are just average. In fact, in some ways, we're almost a little bit below average. See, our data tells us that only about 15 to 20% of us who love this church have a plan to give to this church. Now, here's the thing. That can be very, very deceptive. Because when you look at the back of those talk notes and you see what our budget is every week, for all of our churches and all the regional partner churches that we have, 
I mean, it can look like, wow, this church just has all kind of people giving to it. But that can be really deceptive because the 15 to 20% who have a plan to give, they give very, very generously. And then when you see an offering like we had over last year, toward the end of the year, especially for our Rise Up and Build to purchase a land for our Chipley and for Bluntstown and then for Mariana, and there was only 650000 that ended up coming in for that, and that was over like a nine-month period with two big weeks at the end for giving, it makes you think, we are a very generous church. But the truth is, the people who gave to the Rise Up and Build offering, that's 650000 they're the same ones who give to the general fund on a regular basis. Now, that may surprise some of you. Um, I know when I look at those numbers sometimes, it surprised me. I'm like, wow, you know, in every other area of our church, we are so above average. Now, some of you, as I talk about this, you may sit there and, and you'd be thinking, um, I really never even thought about having a giving plan. And maybe as I'm sitting here talking about it, you're saying, I don't think I could even afford to have a plan to give. But whatever reason it is, 80% of those of you attending our churches, you've never taken the time to strategically think about what you should give. And so what we're going to do today is I really want to encourage you to come up with a financial plan for you. And that will include a giving plan for your church. Now, here's the thing. While we want you to have a giving plan, we don't want it just to be a giving plan. We also want you to have a savings plan and we want you to have a spending plan. Because here's what I know. Most of you who don't have a giving plan, it's because you don't have a savings plan or a spending plan. And some of you go, well, I don't have enough money to save or to give. That's why you even need more of a budget or a spending plan. And because we as a church absolutely care about you, and because we absolutely believe that these three plans are absolutely vital for your financial peace, and you go, I don't know anything about financial peace in my life, this is why every semester when we have small group signups, we offer Financial Peace University to you, because we want to help you find freedom financially, and it's also why we offer to you at no cost something that is absolutely amazing. It's called Ramsey Plus. It is a personal training and budgeting resource that you can get, and it's free to you because the 15 to 20% who give so generously our church, they pay fifteen dollars or $20,000 a year so that you can have that, so that we can train hundreds of you on how to manage your resources. It's absolutely a phenomenal gift. You go to any other church, you're going to pay for that. But because people are so generous to this church, they give it. So if you, st are you were able to give it to you. So if you'll stop by the gallery today, we have information for the Ramsey Plus plan to share with you so that you can get that. Because see, what we've tried to do by offering Financial Peace University to you and now making Ramsey Plus available to you, we've tried to make it easy for you to discover financial health to have a savings plan, to have a spending plan, and also to have a giving plan that helps to financially support the church that you say that you love. This is why we offer you automated giving on our website so that once a month or twice a month or how often you get paid, uh, you can actually set aside the money that you're going to give in your giving plan to your church. And um, that way you're not just giving the leftovers at the end of every month and you don't accidentally spend what you meant to give. Instead, it ensures that you have a plan in all three of these areas, what you're going to spend, what you're going to save, and what you're going to give. But again, 
none of this is helpful in the way that we want it to be if you don't decide today to take control of your finances and to come up with a plan. And this is the beginning of the year. This is absolutely the best time for you to begin this process. So what I want to do is I want to talk for a few minutes about why I have heard as a pastor so many of us don't have giving plans. And let me just say, if you've ever said this, or you ever thought these things, that's okay. Most of us have said or thought these things that I'm going to share with you. Um, in fact, there's three of them uh, over some, some period in our life. And I hope that you'll see that these reasons, they're a little illogical, and they're actually holding you back from experiencing all that God wants you to experience in a relationship with him in the area of your finances. So here, here's the first reason. You might want to write some of these down. You just haven't taken the time to create a plan. And that's why a lot of you don't, because you haven't taken the time to create a, a spending plan, a savings plan, or a giving plan. But listen, leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus and making our communities more livable, it doesn't happen by accident. You and me, we have to make that a priority. And so many of you, what you've done is you've worked on health in other areas of your life. You, in fact, made health a priority. So you took time to create a plan for dieting and for exercising. And many of you have said, oh, my family is a priority. So you've taken time to create date nights for your marriage and maybe even go to marriage seminars. And if you have children, you know, you're reading books on parenting or going to marriage seminar or parenting seminars as well. Um, and, and the same thing has got to be true with your money. The mission of this church, if it's meaningful to you, if you want others to experience what you've experienced because of this church, then you owe it to yourself and you absolutely owe it to others' people to take time to create a plan. Now, that's the first reason. You just haven't sat down and taken the time to create a plan. Now, here's a second reason some of you don't give to fund the mission of this church, and that is this. You say, I don't give my money because I give my time. Now, here's the thing. We absolutely appreciate how much time that you give to make this church absolutely incredible. In fact, two weeks ago, we talked about how important it is for you, use to, for you to use your spiritual gifts, your talents, and your ability as part of the body of Christ, because if you don't, the body of Christ limps, and we don't fulfill God's mission or deliver his message in the world and represent Christ the way that he's designed us to do. You are here for a reason. You are indispensable. So we talked about that. But I've got to be honest. When you say this, that I don't give my money because I give my time, it sounds a little bit irrational and illogical, and here's why. See, your time can't support the missionaries in other countries. Your time can't provide support for families in need in our communities. And your time can't provide equipment and supplies that we need to create environments for adults and for students and for children. And not only that, think about these things as well. What would you think if you found out that I as a pastor didn't give or didn't give consistently this church, but I was standing up here asking you to give to help make the ministry happen? I mean, you would call me an absolute hypocrite, right? But would it help? And you go, oh, no, you're not a hypocrite. Would it help if I said, but I give my time. In fact, I give more time than anybody gives. And you go, no, you're still a hypocrite. So here's the thing. Melody and I know that. So for as long as I've been part of this church, and even when I started pastoring this church, Melody and I have had a plan, and our plan has always been to give very generously and consistently to this church. In fact, we give more to this church than we give to ourselves. 
And uh, just so you understand that, if you don't understand financial budgeting, what we mean is you give to yourself through savings. So we have given more to this church than what we have even given to ourselves. That's how bought in to the mission we are. Now, here's something else that's really wrong with this reasoning. I don't give my money because I give my time. Just imagine that everyone used that same logic. Every person said that. What if everybody who came here says, oh, I don't give any money, I just give my time? Well, here's what would happen. There would be a week when you would show up, and then there'd be a lot of weeks following that. We would have a lot of people willing to serve and wanting to attend, but everybody would have to stand in the parking lot because the doors were locked because we couldn't pay our utilities or keep the building in good repair, right? So this would not continue to be the church that you love if everybody had this kind of logic. Now, one last reason that some of you don't give to our church that you say that you love, and that is this. You don't think our church needs your money. And here's kind of how this logic goes. Every week when you show up, there's free coffee for you, and there's free water, whichever one you want. And the music is great. And then you hear us talk about how that we give funds into our community and all the stuff that we're funding, not only locally, but regionally and then globally. And then you, you just have children who show up every Sunday and they're taken care of and, and they keep having incredible experiences because all the resources are just pristine and they're amazing and they're absolutely awesome. In fact, they show up and man, they get new tricycles in there because they're just doing that. They illustrate a Bible lesson for a month. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing what happened in, in Wombaland and Upstreet. It's just pretty incredible. You know, one of the churches that we give resources to, when they had their box of supplies show up and there was two new tricycles in there, they're like, man, we understand why God is using your church. I mean, it's just pretty incredible what you guys do. Um, if any of you need a tricycle, we got a few left over now you could have. But anyhow, um, bottom line is, so you just show up and all these things happen, right? And then your children have this incredible experience and, and you think, wow, this place doesn't need my money. And then you go and look around at this place. It's kept in pristine condition. And man, you know, do you see the lights and the speakers and the screens? And, you know, have you seen the children's environments? And in your mind, uh, our church is clearly doing fine. And you're saying things like, well, if you ever got in financial trouble, I'm sure you'd ask for help. But, but here's the, why that line of reasoning doesn't make good sense. See, based on your logic, you're never going to have a plan to financially support any church you attend. You know why? Because you're not going to go to a church that acts like they need your money because you probably left one of those churches to come here. Because every month or so, they would be saying, oh, we need money. We're going to make it if you don't give us money, right? And so you left that church. And so then you come to this church and you think this church doesn't need your money. So you're just never going to give. You're never going to come up with a plan. Now, here's the deal. We actually do need your money. And that may surprise you. We absolutely need the other 80% of you to come up with a giving plan to support the church that you love. Now, here's the good news about this, okay? Even though I'm saying that, here's the good news. We don't need your money to pay the utilities. The other 15 to 20% of the people are doing that. We don't need your money to pay for the curriculum that we use with children or students and adults. The other 15 to 20% are doing that. And, and we don't even need your money to pay the staff salaries. The other 15 to 20% of the people are covering that. In fact, some of you have said things like this to me, and I'll just go and tell you, if you say this to a church staff member, if they're not really mature, you could offend them highly. But thankfully, I'm mature enough that I just forgive you in Jesus' name when you say this, because some of you have said, I don't want my money going for that junk stuff like staff salaries and utilities and building upkeep. Well, when you tell a staff member 
that that's junk stuff, you know, that could be offensive. But I've forgiven those of you who said that in Jesus' name, okay? You know, I figure he forgive people crucified him on the cross. I can sure forgive you for assaulting me about, you know, salaries or something. But anyhow, and, so, and what you'll say after that is like, uh, I just want my money to go to that special stuff. As if your money is more special than mine and Melody's money when we give it or all the other 15 to 20% of the people when they give. But here's the thing. You don't have to worry about your money going for that junk stuff that you talk about. All those expenses are covered. And by the way, if those weren't covered, we couldn't do the other things that we do. See, so we don't need your money to kind of keep doing the things that we do every week. Let me tell you why we need your money. We need your money to help us impact hundreds more lives. See, some of you think, okay, this church ministry is, they're doing all the ministry they can. Let me tell you, we're doing all the ministry we can with the resources we have. If there were more resources, we could reach hundreds more people and many more communities. So what we need your money for is to help solve those kind of problems and to equip families in our communities so they don't keep having financial issues that keep them from feeding and clothing their kids that are causing their marriages to break apart. So we need your money to provide more resources for the missionary families that we support. I mean, there's many of our missionary families that in 2022 or 2021, well, 2020 and 2021, teams quit going to their locations. And, and if you know anything about missionaries, they count on those teams coming because those teams pay for the projects that they're going to be doing. And they also give money for housing and lodging and give extra. And so it helps to fund and support a lot of the missionaries. Well, that hasn't happened in 2020 and 2021. So we as a church, I mean, some of our missionaries we support, we've raised them as much as $1,000 a month, helping them through this process and this pandemic. So we need your money to help feed and provide the people in third world countries and provide more money for missionary families. We need your money to help us reach more college age and teenage uh, students. We need your money to continue to enhance and expand what we do so that we can reach hundreds of more people in our communities to connect with their heavenly father. Our ministry is not limited because this is all we want to do. It is limited because we live within the funds that those that are very generous with this church give. So we need your money because we are also committed to creating churches that unchurched people love to attend. In, in our region, we feel like God has called us to that, and we're committed to continuing to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, I've given my life for that. In fact, as you're going to hear this evening at our evening of vision, and you don't want to miss this, I mean, you're, you're going to hear some of the things that God has used you to do in 2021 that are absolutely amazing. It's going to be a great evening of celebration, but you're going to hear this evening that we have an opportunity to change the way that the, our region or people throughout our region view the church. We have an opportunity to help people realize that we are for them and not against them and therefore help them understand that God is for them and loves them unconditionally. But here's the thing. We can't fully seize those opportunities unless others of you get a plan to financially support the church that you love. That, that is the limit on our ministry capacity. It's the funds. So I think this, again, is a fair question to ask, and that is this. What is your plan for financially supporting the church that you say that you love? And here's the thing. That plan, it needs to include saving and it needs to include spending, and it includes giving. 
And if you don't know where to get that plan, again, man, sign up for Financial Peace University Small Group or stop by the gallery in your campus and ask about the Ramsey Plus free resources that will train you and give you an app and a computer, I mean, software, all kinds of things for you to live this out every day in your life. If you don't have a plan, here, here's the thing. Here's why we're concerned about you. You're just like one step away or one misstep away or one accident away from financial disaster. See, if you don't have a plan, then the other thing is you're never going to move from being a church consumer to a church contributor. And I've talked to some people about this and they go, I just don't have enough money to have a consistent plan to give. I'm like, could you give a penny a week? Could you give five cents a week? Could you give 10 cents a week, a dollar a week? I mean, the Apostle Paul said, let everyone give what they have decided in their heart. Now, some of you got beat up with pastors over the years who said, if you don't give 10%, you're going to go to hell. No, Jesus came along and raised the standard. He said, give generously. You know, if all I ever gave in my life was 10%, then I would not be a generous giver. For me, generosity means I continue to raise the percentage of what I give away. Does that make sense? So whatever that plan is, it could be five cent, it could be 10 cent, it could be a dollar. Don't let anything any pastor or church person has ever told you about a percentage shame you on giving. And here's what I know. If the other 80% of you would just give one or 2% of your income to this church, if you look at the number on our, in our, our talk notes that is our budget, it would over double that. It's unreal what the ministry we could do. So here, here's the thing what's happening. If you don't have a plan, then you're kind of selfishly preventing others in our community from experiencing the good that you've experienced. And if you don't have a plan, then you're not really opening yourself up to fully trust God in the area of your finances and allowing God to work in you um, the way that he wants you to become more like Jesus. In fact, I had an old pastor mentor. He's about 80 years old. He told me, he said, when I first started pastoring, he said, now, Paul, he said, you grew up Mennonite where y'all used to sprinkle everybody. He said, now y'all are starting to, he said, y'all became biblical and you put them underwater. He said, but listen, when you put them under the water, you mean to better make sure they take their wallet with them. He said, that's the last thing people sanctify. Uh, and I never knew what he meant until all of a sudden I started pastoring. Now, some of you who are generous, you understand what I mean, because you know the struggle of saying, okay, I'm going to set aside a percentage every week or every month to give away, because that is a struggle, because you're thinking, well, I could use that for me, but it, it's a spiritual discipline of saying, I'm going to trust God. And why? So we say, if you don't have a plan, then you're going to mess out on some of the incredible blessings that God wants to share with you because of your generosity toward his kingdom work. And here's the thing, I don't want you to feel any guilt. I don't want you to feel any obligation out of this conversation. I'm not even going to tell you how much you ought to give. That is absolutely between you and God, as the Apostle Paul said. But as the Apostle Paul said, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, he said, each of you should give. So if you aren't giving, if you don't have a plan to give, here's the thing I'm going to tell you. Would you think about would you work on a plan? Would you work on a spending plan and a saving plan, which is what you give yourself? And then would you work on a giving plan is which, what you give to other people? Um, will you make that? Will you start it? Will you make that a priority in your life? I promise you, it would make all the difference in your world with financial peace. And it would absolutely make a difference in our church and in our world. So if you aren't willing, though, to create a plan, and consistently give, and some of you are saying, I'll be so glad when this conversation is over today. 
Just have a few more minutes and then I'll let you out of here. But here's the thing. If you aren't willing to create a plan and consistently give, if that's you, if you're content to let the 15 to 20% of our church carry the load for all of you, well, here's what I can promise you as your pastor. Year after year, for as long as possible, as long as I'm the pastor, number one, I am going to keep working as hard as I can to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and help us reach more people for Jesus Christ. And I want to keep working as hard as I can on getting great sermon content and, and working on my sermon delivery and praying and preparing so that on Sunday mornings I'm prepared or whoever else is on the stage absolutely is leading you to just be filled with the Spirit of God through His Word. And Melody and I, we've already committed to this. But we're going to give more and more money back to this church because that's part of our plan. So um, that's the first thing you can count on. Number two, we're going to continue to hire staff that are committed to leading people in Jesus Christ, to Jesus Christ and that will create extraordinary environments for our children, for our students, and for our adults and help our children to grow up loving the church and loving Jesus and help our students and our children develop such a passion for Jesus and the church so that they drift they don't drift too far because I've seen way too many children and students drift way too far. Number three, um, we're just going to continue to fund student environments and teenager environments and young adult environments so that we can fire them up, just be passionate about Jesus and serving him. Number four, um, we're going to continue to keep our church environments in pristine condition. Some of you will walk in our buildings and go, oh, y'all painting this, painting that? Why are you doing that? Because this is, this is God's resources and we need to manage them well. We, we want you when you bring guests to be able to look at your guests and go, this is the church I go to. Number five, if, if we have a crisis or you have a crisis in your life, I can promise you this. We're going to do everything we can to help you, even if you never give a dime to this church. And number six, we're going to continue to give to disaster organizations. I mean, some of them who helped us in big ways, but you have given back to them since that disaster even more than they gave to us. It's absolutely incredible, the generosity of the 15 to 20% of the people who give. And then seven, we're going to continue to provide resources. Everything we do, we provide free. We're going to keep putting our messages on free on the website, on our podcast. We're going to keep giving away free T-shirts. And man, you know, whatever resources other churches need that we give to them, we're going to continue them free. And then number eight, we're going to keep doing everything we can in our power to keep raising money. churches in a region that unchurched people feel welcome to and love to attend because I am convinced that is why God has blessed us so much the way he has. I say that and I get teared up about that because what, <clears throat> what most of you don't know when this building in Mariana was just a shell and we were meeting at the high school, we were praying over this building that God would provide the resources and lead us and guide us and I'll never forget my dad standing right over probably about the back corner of this auditorium was. There were 20 or 30 of us there. And he said, God, help us understand 
that what you started in Bluntstown, Florida, and are now leading us to do in Mariana, Florida, is just the first step of hundreds more steps of creating more churches to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And I remember at that point, I'm thinking, no, there's just going to be two churches. But that night through my dad's prayer, at that point, that's all we were thinking about. It was like the Holy Spirit of God said, I'm speaking to you through your dad. And he just keeps opening doors. So um, we can't get comfortable in the buildings that we're in and the locations we're in. I'm convinced that God continues to bless us because we believe that we should share the gospel, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then even globally, locally, regionally, and then globally. Um, I, I hope you hear my heart this morning, um, that we really are for you as a church, as your pastor. I'm really for you, and I'm for our communities. And here's what I know. There is no amount of money in the world that could come close to paying the price that God has paid to save us and to show his forgiveness and his love. And so here's my thing to you. If you're at one of our churches today and you're getting all irritated and agitated and you decide, okay, I wish he'd quit talking about this giving thing and you decide, okay, I'm not going to create a plan to support this church. Listen, it won't stop us from doing everything we can do to do the work that God has called us to do. And if you decide, hey, I'm not going to create a plan to support this church, then listen, you're missing out on being able to say that you're fully with us in this mission. And Man, we want you to feel like you're part of this body, not that we're going to isolate. You'll just feel that yourself. It just, that's how it works. I've been through this process as well. And really what our hope and prayer for you in this conversation today is that as a follower of Jesus, you will see the importance of your part into helping fund the work of the body of Christ in our communities and, and that you will create this plan to give generously and consistently and cheerfully, not because I said so, but because the Holy Spirit of God is working in your heart right now to lead you to do that. See, our hope is that you'll even get a glimpse, and that's what we hope to even give you this evening, to get a glimpse of what you're doing to change the lives of people in our community, even for generations to come. And our hope is that one day when you look back and, and you look back and you regret all the money that you borrowed for that degree, that student loan that you're still paying off that you never used, or that you car that you bought and you were upside down and you didn't buy gap insurance and you wrecked it and now you're still paying off that car and you regret that or you regret the money that you invested in this little pyramid scheme thing and you lost that and you gambled some money, you know what I mean? Because you thought it helped your team win and you lost that. You know, when you look back at all those regrets, our prayer is that you will never regret the financial support that you gave to the mission of this church. My prayer every day is, as Samuel said to the nation of Israel, as he finished up his ministry with them, he said, have I taken more from you than I gave? And our prayer is that for myself or other staff, that no one will be able to say we took more than we gave. And even more about that is our community, that large communities will never say as a church that we took more than we gave. Now, here's the thing I don't want you to worry about as I close out this conversation today. I am not going to start guilting you to give every week. I'm just not going to do that. We've never done that. In fact, next week, 
we are starting a brand new sermon series that we do not want you to miss. These cards were laying on your seat, and some of you are saying, thank you, Jesus, that they're starting a new series. It's not going to be a money. Um, but here's the thing. You're going to want your family and you're want your friends to hear this. I think this is going to be one of the most powerful series that we've done for you to experience the power of what can happen when you renew your mind and you begin to win the war in your mind. And I promise you, this series has nothing to do with money, all right? Um, but make sure you take those invite cards and, and pick up some more that are on seats where people aren't sitting and invite some people to be with you next week. But I want you to know this. This is a hard conversation for me to have today because if you've been around RCC, you know I hate talking about money because that's why people, oh, the church is just about money. And people don't get it. The church is not about money. I can tell you what's about money. It's all those other companies that if you take stuff out of their store, they make you pay money. Those people are about money. We're not about money. You can keep coming here and never give anything. And, and we, we won't have the police go after you saying that you were shoplifting or anything. You know what I mean? So it, we're not about money. We're about changing lives. And so um, just like for the past 28 years I've been doing, man, we're going to find ways to keep doing what God has called us to do because wherever God guides, he provides. But based on the scripture that the Apostle Paul, um, that the Holy Spirit led the Apostle Paul to write, um, let's begin to be a little more than average in this area of giving. In all the other areas, you're absolutely amazing. Um, and here's what I also know. Personally, individually, we've been blessed too much not to fully fund the body of Christ in this world. In fact, I had another pastor friend who mentored me. He's passed on and gone to heaven now. But he said, one of these days, we're, we're going to get to heaven. There's going to be people get to heaven and, and we're going to say, God, why don't you solve this problem in this world? And why don't you solve this problem in this world? And, and why don't you solve this problem? And God's going to look at many of us and say, well, I gave you the money. I gave you the people. They were in the church and the money was there, but you didn't come together as a body of Christ and you didn't give the resources. The problems were there to be solved or the, the resources were there to solve them. So I think we've been too blessed as individuals not to lean in and continue to live passionately being part of the body of Christ, of inviting, of serving, of connecting in groups, and then giving. So I just want to say thank you in advance um, for just being the church that is going to continue to lean in, to be fully engaged, to invite your friends, to serve on teams and create great environments, to connect in groups so you can experience coaching, care, and, and accountability, and then for the, the funding that you're going to give to help us lead more people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Let, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for um, the heart of every person who's part of our churches. They, they wouldn't be here if they didn't have your heart or desire to have your heart. And God, sometimes we just have to just really pause and reflect on where we're at and and I just pray that this series of four conversations over these past four weeks would absolutely help each one of us to check our heart on how passionate we are for our neighbors and our friends and family members who don't have a relationship with you. That we'll check ourselves on how generous we're being with our time to really help serve and create environments that children and students and adults can be a part of It'll lead them into a growing relationship with you. And then consider how we are 
being involved in connecting with other believers so that there is truly a sense of coaching and care, connection happening in our lives and other people's lives because we need each other on this journey. And then God help us to just consider what is our financial plan? Because he says, not our money. It's not our money. It's not our resources. You're just allowing us to manage them. So I pray that you'll help us in the beginning of this year to really look at our lives and say, can we hold up our ledger to Jesus and say, here's how we're managing the resources that you've given us to manage and know that he'll say, well done. I'm, I'm proud of the way that you're using those. God, help us to really do self-check and may we become more passionately in love with you as we realize your love for us. And may people in our communities experience that love as your love flows through us. May we always be a church that's full of grace and truth. And may we live it out together as the body of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks again for being with us today. Don't forget Evening of Vision. And don't forget, stop by your gallery and check out Financial Peace or Ramsey Plus.